The big news this past week was the Heartbleed bug. Today we're going to go over what that is in non-technical terms and what you need to do to keep your computer and your information safe. And today you'll learn about a hobby that I first got into as a teenager. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to The Computer Tutor Podcast. My name is Scott Johnson, and I'm located here in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. Now, on this podcast, I try to explain things in very clear and simple terms because that's what most people want. I do computer repair as well as personal computer instruction, and I've been doing that kind of work since 1999. I do a lot of work right here in my home office, and every week I do quite a bit of work using remote access, so I can log in and help clients all around the country. If you have a problem with your computer, there's a pretty good chance I can help you with that. Uh, Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. Hey, have you subscribed to my Monday morning email newsletter yet? If you haven't, get over to my website and get on the list with all the cool people. Today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 087. So let's get started. Well, you had to be just about completely disconnected from the world to not hear about the Heartbleed bug in this past week. It was discovered about a week ago, and it's caused a huge uproar among website owners, security consultants, and internet users. That means just about everyone. So today I want to explain just exactly what it is and what you need to do about it. I'm not going to go into all the technical details because that's really not what this podcast is all about. In fact, this podcast is pretty much the opposite of that. We'll leave all the big technical words and deep analysis to other podcasts, I'm really more concerned that you understand the basics of what's going on and that you know exactly what you need to do to protect your computer and your private information. Now, first of all, you should know that it's not a virus. It's not something that was created to infect your computer or any computer, for that matter. All it is, really, is just an error that was made about two years ago, and the discovery of it has just now been made public about a week ago. Were the bad guys aware of it more than a week ago? We don't know, and there's really actually no way of really knowing, but it is a possibility that we have to protect against, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. Here's a quick summary of what Heartbleed is. When you go to a website, some of the information that you give that website is considered private. For example, when you go to Amazon.com and you enter your email address and your password to log in, that's information that you would not want anyone else to have. When you make a purchase and you enter your shipping address and your credit card number, you wouldn't want that information to be available to the general public. Well, when that information is exchanged back and forth between you and Amazon, it's kept secret. The way Amazon does that is through a technology called OpenSSL. Your information is kept private because they use that particular process. Now, the discovery about a week ago is that OpenSSL had a security hole. What that security hole made possible is something pretty serious. 
With a simple little program, a hacker could go to a website such as Amazon and force it to reveal a small amount of private information, such as usernames and passwords for people that have an account there. Yes, it's true that they can only get a little bit of information at a time, but they can do it over and over and over again until the website updates the security and fixes the problem. Many websites have already updated their open SSL, so they're no longer vulnerable. Some websites still have not done this. So that's the basic problem. Your login information may have been captured or it may not have been. Now, from a security standpoint, the safest thing to assume is that it was exposed. That means you need to change your password at most of the sites where you have an online account. But wait a minute, not so fast. You might not want to change all those passwords just yet. Here's why. If the website where you're changing your password has not yet updated itself, that means it's still vulnerable to the Heartbleed bug. So you could change your password today, and your new password could still be exposed to a hacker, which means you have to change it again when the site has been updated. So if you should only update your password on websites that have already been updated, how do you know which websites have done that? Well, great question. And it turns out our friends at LastPass have made a convenient web page where you can check and see the status of a particular website. Just go to lastpass.com forward slash heartbleed and enter the website that you want to check on. LastPass will come back almost instantly with a report for that particular website. Then you'll know if you need to change your password for that site. Is it going to be a hassle to change your passwords at websites where you have any account on file? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes, it is necessary if you want to keep your information confidential. And since I just mentioned LastPass, I really have to say this is a perfect opportunity for you to start using LastPass to manage your passwords. It's a free service, so you can't complain about the price. Whenever you're creating a new account, LastPass will generate a really good random password for you. And don't worry that it's hard to remember because LastPass will remember it for you. And in light of the recent Heartbleed bug problem, LastPass has an amazing tool that makes this so much easier. I can go into my LastPass account and have it run a security check for the Heartbleed bug. And it comes back with a list of the sites where I have accounts and it tells me to change that password and that password and that password, but not this one yet, and don't change this one yet. It saves me so much time. Not to mention, it locks down your private information behind really good passwords that a hacker won't be able to guess. Setting up LastPass is not something you do in two minutes. It's not going to take hours, but it does take a little bit of time. I've set it up for several clients, so if you want to finally secure all of your online accounts and you want me to help you with that, just give me a call. All right, this week's Get to Know Scott segment has to do with a hobby that I got interested in when I was a teenager, maybe even earlier than that. I don't really recall specifically. The hobby is metal detecting. For some reason, I just find it very interesting to discover old things that are buried in the ground. And you'd actually be surprised how much stuff you would find in the ground. Old coins, rings, tools, matchbox cars, all kinds of stuff like that. 
So one year for Christmas when I was a kid, my big request was for a White's Beachcomber metal detector. It was just one of their really basic models, nothing fancy. And I opened it up on Christmas morning and I was so excited. And of course I had to go out and use it that day. That didn't work out too well though since we lived in Ohio and the temperature in December is not exactly tropical. So not, not to mention the fact that the ground was covered with snow and even if it wasn't covered with snow, the ground was pretty much frozen, so that didn't make for very easy digging when I actually located something. But eventually, summer came, and I would usually ride my bike over to a local elementary school that was near my house. And I would spend hours just swinging my metal detector back and forth, waiting for that next beep to indicate a buried treasure. I actually built up a pretty good collection of mostly coins. Nothing too valuable, but I had fun finding them. After I graduated high school, my family moved to Florida, and I ended up buying a more sophisticated metal detector, the kind that differentiates between junk, such as bottle caps and tinfoil, and it tells you if the beep is more likely to be a coin or a ring. I can recall a couple of specific times that were kind of fun. Once I was out on Clearwater Beach, just searching the sand, and a teenage girl came up to me all nervous because she had lost her class ring. And she knew she was going to be in big trouble because her mom had told her to not wear that ring to the beach because it would get lost in the sand. Well, mom was right, as usual. Anyway, this girl asked me to come over to where they were and see if I could find the ring. And I ended up locating it in the sand within just a few minutes, and she was a very happy girl when that happened. Another time, I was treasure hunting at an old school over in Tampa. And this time, my daughter was with me. She was probably like six or seven years old at the time. I heard the beep and started digging a small hole, and I was surprised to find an old penny. This was a really old penny. It was dated 1861. I was so excited because this was the oldest coin I'd ever found. And I told Brienne the date on the penny, and she didn't really seem too impressed. But then I told her, this penny was made back when Abraham Lincoln was president. And that seemed to make it a little more real for her. I actually haven't owned a metal detector in a long time now, but I do keep that little spark of interest. Probably when I'm retired and I'm 80 years old, you'll find me down on the beach looking for more treasures. Well, if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for future podcast topics, I would love to hear from you. You can always call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. Well, that's it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless.